Next on BYU Sports Nation, the most logical, obvious choice for the Big 12. So why wouldn't BYU be a sure thing for Power 5 inclusion? What's BYU's trump card in their case for the Big 12? Dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler explains. Plus, Sports Illustrated's Joan Neeson on her visit with 6'7", 425-pound recruit Mo Longy on his mission in Phoenix. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What it is, BYU Sports Nation Live and Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, July 21st. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Alongside Beehive Boot historian Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. That one's not exactly true, but I do appreciate the uh, sports in this state. There's been a rich history of uh, quality sports in the state, and uh, that continues today with the announcement of the Beehive Classic. That is our first BYU Sports Nation headline today. BYU basketball will play Utah in 2018 at Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City, the home of the Utah Jazz. This will be a part of the Beehive Classic announced today featuring BYU Utah, Utah State, and Weber State. The Cougars will play Weber State in 2017, Utah in 2018, and Utah State in 2019. So it's a round-robin format spread out across three years. But it's great that BYU and Utah are playing again in basketball, this time neutral. It's not the first time, by the way, they played neutral. They played 11 games already, BYU 6-5 and five in those games against Utah. What up, Kyle Chilton? What up, Kyle Chilton? Thanks for that info. Speaking of Kyle, Collinsworth signed a two-year, partially guaranteed deal with the Dallas Mavericks. My initial question was, what is partially guaranteed? The guaranteed part is the money. The partial is, uh, you know, they could contracts, you can always buy someone out or uh, just cut them. So that's good that Kyle Collinsworth signed a partially guaranteed contract. The NBA, NBA dream team. lives on for Kyle Collinsworth. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, a few people inside the Collinsworth camp. Apparently, Rick Carlisle, the head coach, has spent a lot of one on one time Jim with Kyle Collinsworth. And he, he looks just like him. He loves him, some big rush of five. Also, the Mavericks were Kyle's favorite team growing up. Dirk hmm. Nowitzki was his favorite player. He had the Dallas Mavericks trash can in his room. This is a dream come true for him in a lot of ways. If I love a team, I'm not going to make them my trash can. I would make my rival the trash can. Why would I make my team the trash can? So you're telling me you would put a Utah garbage can in your house? I would have a Utah house? garbage can. Which I would then deposit trash inside. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth still has to make the Mavs 15-man roster, uh, but this is a, a nice indication that they like him. Right? They have That's invested good. in That's him good. now and a good chunk of change from what we understand. Big 12 coaches prefer BYU and Houston as expansion candidates. That, according to ESPN's Brett McMurphy, who told us he was going to do this in Bristol yesterday, he anonymously polled all of the Big Ten or Big Twelve coaches yesterday. Interesting, because Houston, I think, should be in a Power Five conference, specifically the Big Twelve. But they already own Texas, so they're almost they're almost looked over. Is it the Cougars and Cougars? We'll find out. And BYU women's soccer forward Nadia Gomes is one of thirty six players on the Mac Herman Trophy watch list, which is the Heisman Trophy equivalent for women's soccer. Gomes has in the uh, appropriate Portuguese, yeah, yeah. actual Portuguese. Nadia Gomes. I will say Gomes, Gomes. on the air. Yeah. It's, we're in the United States. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU to the Big 12, the most obvious, uncertain 
expansion candidate ever. I think BYU, uh, the, you know, the strength of the football program, the following, the fan base, uh, the, the, the stadium, facilities, all of that, I think makes BYU a strong contender. ESPN's Big 12 reporter Jake Trotter gets it. Based on the criteria established by Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby and what the Big 12 wants in an expansion candidate, one Brigham Young University is a shoe-in, right? Number one, athletically competitive. Check. Prominent fan base. Check. National TV following and good market. Check. Academic standards. Check. Reputations of integrity and shared values. Check. Okay, we can all agree. So BYU's in, right? BYU has a strong case. They're in. But what's the strongest point of BYU's case? Which brings us to our Twitter question. What is BYU's trump card in being included in Big 12 expansion? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BYUTeddyBear89. One, if not the biggest national following in the country, there would be more Big 12 bumper stickers than voters. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yet I can't fun of that because I'm trolling that idea with my current Twitter avatar, which is the BYU Big 12 logo. Let's throw some more fuel (laughs) on the pro-BYU fire. Big 12 coaches, as we just told you, took an anonymous poll yesterday. BYU, one of the favorite candidates for expansion. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports tweeted yesterday, Lots of BYU expansion love today. Is the Big 12 Conference feeling the vibe? And how about Jason Kirk of SB Nation, Jerem? If the Big 12's list doesn't start with BYU, the simple solution is to trash that list and make a better list, he said. (laughs) It's true. SB Nation produced another article this morning that had all the criteria that we outlined and how the candidates, the major candidates, fare in those. And BYU leads in almost every one. It is so stinking obvious that BYU is a Power 5-type team right now. They're a Power 5 equivalent in scheduling to several conferences, right? They're BYU, the only team considered a Power 5 equivalent. Like, this almost annoys me because it's so obvious that BYU is Power 5-esque. You look at the, the stadium... Uh, size. You look at the attendance. You look at the way BYU's performed on the field. You look at the school. You look at almost everything, and BYU is Power 5 without actually being in one. So make it happen, Big 1-2. We like to be fair to the situation, so we have taken a step back. We have removed the blue goggles. Impossible. there are guys like (laughs) Joe Shad and Brett McMurphy of ESPN and Ralph Russo of the Associated Press that say BYU is not the number one choice. Shad and Russo went as far as not having BYU in the top four. Which is redonkulous to me. Why would prominent media members say that? There's my blue goggles. Can't take them off. Sorry. They have their reasons, and we're going to explore this. Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman may have summed up both sides perfectly in terms of general outside of BYU Sports Nation perspective. And I quote, BYU has the best of all worlds with name identification, Strong athletics program and a terrific following. Although no Sunday games and the fact that it's a private school with its own TV network could hurt it. End quote. Look, BYU is the Titanic of Big 12 expansion candidates. And today we're going to write a new narrative for that incredible ship. A happy ending. We are going to navigate BYU through the icy I'll never Atlantic. let go, Jack! <laughs> I'll never and then, let go. And then she lets go. Which makes no sense. We're going to steer that ship clear of icebergs and obstacles today. Okay, this ship is docking safely in the warm harbor of Big 12 inclusion. There will be a happy ending. Leonardo DiCaprio lives! What? 
Can there be a different ship that we use for this? Because the Titanic sunk. No, but because I, we're, I they're the, making it safe, but man. But I get the analogy, yeah. First, the looming icebergs, Jerem, which we just put out there. Sunday play. That one always comes up. And here's what Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman had to say a couple weeks ago on the show about it. The one other issue, which I think is a non-issue, is the Sunday play. Um, I did a, I actually did a study a few months ago, went through all the Big 12 uh, official sports uh, that coincide with Brigham Young sports and found out how many actually use Sunday play for regular season or postseason championship. And the, the real truth is it wouldn't be any big deal at all. Oh, I'm sorry, Barry. Did you say it wouldn't be a big deal? Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zero Big 12 conference games in men's basketball were played on a Sunday last year. How many basketball? Zero! How many conference basketball games in the Big 12 were there, Jerem? 180. Oh. They have 10 teams, 9, you know, 9 times all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have 100. Zero out of 180. Same as the West Coast Conference. Uh, in fact, was there a West Coast Conference game on Sunday from somebody? There might have been more in the conference the BYU play. I don't know if they played him. That one is funny. Okay, I know there are sports, and I want to break it down another day by the numbers more. I looked up some of, some of the other sports. Uh, like Minuscule numbers. Less than 15%. You know what I mean? You can work around that one. Football, Sunday play, not an issue. Men's hoops in conference, which is the conference. BYU schedules its own games at a conference. Zero games. Work it out with the other sports. Work it out with baseball and tennis and whatever. Figure it out. Tom Homo has Football, referenced. men's hoops don't have a problem. So what's the issue? Yeah, Tom Homo has referenced that that wouldn't be that big of a deal. Okay, number two. Watch out for this iceberg. Beware the religious private school. They're kind of hard to work with. There are two other schools in the Big 12 that are already religious. Baylor is a Baptist school, and TCU is a Christian school following the specific sect, Disciples of Christ. Here would income a third, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. the Mormons, with BYU. It, now, now, I do get the kind of high-maintenance uh, idea from the outside of like, no, no Sunday play, no. Like, I, I can see that side of it from them, but when you look at what the Big 12 actually does in terms of competition with the major sports in those, just figure it out with the other ones. That, that would be my solution. If you, if you withhold BYU because you can't play baseball games on Sunday. Come on. Really? The West Coast Conference deals with it, right? And, and deals with, yeah, deal with it. It's, it's baseball. Go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The end. It's over. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, I don't want to no, sound like a whiner. I think I'm whining Number right now three, this. and this is, this is <laughs> one that gets brought up with just about every national writer we have on the show. Well, the geographic footprint is a huge concern. BYU opens up another time zone. You don't want to go from Morgantown to Provo. What did Bob Bowlesby say this morning to Mike and Mike of ESPN? He said the following. Geographic footprint is not as important as it was 25 years ago. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Is that the commissioner? Well, well then. Well, then. Geographic footprint is not as important as it was 25 years ago. So can we put that one to rest? You know what's important? Digital footprint. Because even TV markets, like, that's important. The most money you make is on TV and advertising, okay? That's where the money is. It's not necessarily on the internet yet, although that is growing. The ability, so your TV market at some point won't matter as much. But when you talk about distance, as the crow flies to the de facto 
capital of the Big 12, which is Austin. Okay. 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 From Provo, 1,043 miles. Two hours and 10 minutes of a flight. Two hours and 10 minutes. You know what it's from, from uh, stores, Connecticut. 1,625. That's okay. three and a half hours. Five, 500 more miles. Memphis, 560. Okay. That's a lot closer. How about Cincinnati, who seems to be like the shoe in so far for candidacy? 967. So you're telling me it's like 80-ish miles difference between Provo and Cincinnati to de facto Austin? Geography is working in Cincinnati's favor because West West Virginia Virginia. needs a partner. Yes. Good thing they're adding more than one, right? It's two or four. It's a two-hour and ten-minute flight to Texas, people. Who was it? Louis C.K.? Like, every, everyone acts like there's these huge problems and everything's actually great and we complain about stuff. We sit in a metal flying machine for a couple of hours. What's the problem if it's 30 more minutes? <laughs> or an, even an hour, occasionally. What? What? Oh. It's not like you have to do anything. You sit there. It's so interesting. <laughs> but but what about BYU TV, Jerem? That could be a huge uh, conflict in getting BYU involved at the Big 12. I want to spend, and we will spend more time, on how BYU TV would not be a deterrent. In fact, it would be a positive for the Big 12. Which Tom Obel has also said. But I want to say this. In terms of rights, right now BYU is kind of the second-tier rights holder in many of BYU football and basketball's offerings. ESPN can't do it. BYU TV does it. Okay, In the Big 12, it's ESPN, Fox, and then a BYU TV would come in at, at that point and Third help tier. clean up. But BYU would not stand in the way of ESPN and Fox, right? The third tier provider right now in the W, uh, the W.TV, right? So there's an ESPN game, BYU TV, or ESPN doesn't do it. BYU TV doesn't do it. The W.TV comes in. That's the situation. Lay back what games uh, you know, are still available after the dust settles when the primary rights holders get their thing, and then BYU TV comes in. We would be so easy to work with. We will elaborate on this at a future day. If there's a concern, bring it. Our navigator has just successfully moved us through the icy waters of the Atlantic and booked us in the harbor of the Big 12, people. A happy ending for the BYU Titanic today. A pair of binoculars would have made a huge difference for the Titanic. Some planning and some binoculars. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? A pair of blue goggles. Good grief. Just make sure you're watching Fox Sports or you're in person in Arizona on September 3rd. Countdown to the Wildcats. 44 days. 44. What's up, Rob Morris? Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What is the BYU trump card in being included in Big 12 expansion? More of your tweets on the way. Coming up, Joan Neeson of Sports Illustrated tells us about her encounter with 6'7", 425-pound, zero-star recruit Mo Longy. But first, the national champion. Blaine Fowler is back. Does he think BYU will end up in the Big 12? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. You know what to do. Use the hashtag BYUSN. If you don't, here's some insight. You can listen to the show on BYU Radio. You can watch it on the BYU TV app. BYU Sports Nation is on demand anytime, everywhere. That pretty much sums it up, right? It exactly sums it up. (laughs) Twitter question today. What is the BYU trump card in being included in Big 12 expansion? At BruteDR says, in a word, eyeballs. We have a huge national following. Viewership for any game involving us is going to get a bump. That's been proven through the numbers. And that's a nice thing. 
Through the metrics, BYU stands out distinctly. And by the way, when I was talking about TV rights, I was talking primarily football. ESPN is the uh, primary rights holder for hoops. So basically, BYU TV, we'd be in position to pick up the games that the primary rights holders do not and not uh, you know, impact that negatively in any way. We'll, we'll explore that more at a uh, later date. Also, Sunday play. I want to break down the numbers a little more on that because we talked about men's hoops. There are not a lot of Sunday games in many of the other sports. You'd think it'd be like, oh, is it like 25%? No, no, it's not that high in those, in those sports. Blaine Fowler is a very fashionable man. He is also pretty good uh, at his job. Zzz, his job. Zzz. He's a very <laughs> busy guy. And he is so kindly taking time once again out of his week to join us in Studio B. The dual threat analyst is back. All right, Blaine, we're going to ask you the Twitter question first. If there's like a power play, a trump card, the BYU is like, okay, you bang, invite us to the Big 12. What is it? It really is just about financials. And nobody that that they're looking at, considering, have already considered, analyzed, can have a positive financial impact on the Big 12 like BYU can. And, and I think that's the most important thing because the, the member institutions are going, oh, do we really want to expand? If there's no financial benefit to us, then why do it? Now, there's a built-in financial benefit no matter who they add based on the current television contract. But in addition to that, is there anybody out there that gives us a boost that, that can bring revenue in because of – viewership, ticket sales. There's little things that nobody thinks about with BYU. BYU in football and basketball, if you were to look at average home attendance right now, BYU would be number three in the Big 12 in football attendance, and they'd be number two in the Big 12 in basketball attendance. That's right, more than UConn, more than Cincinnati, who are not in the Big 12, but they, they'd be right there in terms of attendance. It's not just that, though. Anybody BYU plays on the road increases attendance for that game. It's because they have a national following, they affect away attendance as well. So the, so the strength of the religion and the brand, which includes Sunday play, so it's like, okay, you, you can, if Sunday play is that big a deal, which I don't think it is, maybe others, others do, it could be. That is actually the strength of the brand, is the religion. Yes, and be- you'll benefit. You want teams that come into your conference that you can compete with. You don't want to bring doormats in because this conference is looking for legitimacy. They want to stand up to the to Big Ten, whatever that con- – what is it? It's the big I – I don't know. Big They're, 14. The Big yeah. 14. They call yeah. it the Big Ten. That's weird. Could be the Big 14 um, and the but, Big 12. But the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC – they want to stand up and look competitively like they're as good from a competitive standpoint on the field and on the court. Um, you want to add teams that when you play them in conference, help your strength of schedule and don't yes. hurt your strength of schedule. So the, finan- you know, the criteria that they laid out in the press conference the other day, those are all obvious. BYU's number one in every single solitary one of those criteria. You guys have already covered that. But then there's all these little things behind the scenes, like away attendance, strength of schedule, all of these things that play into BYU's favor as well. It's, it's overwhelmingly in BYU's favor that they get in the Big 12. And the, the things that people talk about is deterrence. The biggest thing you hear about is the, is the Sunday play. You guys have covered that, and I know you're going to cover it even more in depth on another show. It literally has zero impact on the regular season. Zero. And they have some uh, some of the, I'm not going to, what do I call them? Not smaller sports, but the Olympic sports that have had championships that they've played over a weekend's time. So they have to change a couple of those to accommodate BYU. But as far as football and basketball, the big visible sports are concerned. There's no changes needed whatsoever. And, and so it is. It's, it's a minuscule problem that they can solve. 
and what they get in return. You tell me, what's a bigger problem? Trying to overcome the Sunday play thing, which is in their control, or trying to figure out how to get these AAC, AAC schools out of their conference without huge financial penalties and big, huge lead-ins. Yeah, and if you're not aware of what that is, there is a $10 million buyout once an AAC team were to say, okay, we're leaving for the Big 12, and then a 27-month waiting period after that, if they want to expedite that 27-month period, it's a million dollars for every month early. But, and, they, and they can, you know, you can fix that. If you're Cincinnati or you're whoever you are, since you say you're Houston, you come and say, that's fine. We know that the revenue share for the first year is $38 million in this new deal, um, and it's going to cost us $18 million to get out. So we'll, we'll just take an $18 million cut. The conference can just keep that. So you guys help us out. We'll take an $18 million cut. Well, I got news for you. The conference is going to ask these people to come in on a prorated, prorated basis anyhow over mm-hmm. two or three years. And so, or four. So, yeah, been kind of which I think is fair. Which I think is fair. And I think that BYU will accept. And uh, guys, we're going to have some big announcements here. BYU is going to be in the Big 12. And right after that, they're going to go out with that momentum. They're going to win the Pac-12 South. I mean, this is <laughs> what a year. Come on, you guys. What a year. And this is wild because I think, like you, I believe that BYU will be invited to the Big 12. Um, and I don't know how soon because yesterday we heard one thing Tuesday. Yeah. And then yesterday with Bob Bowlesby, it was. Uh, I don't know that 2017 is realistic. And then uh, just just a little while ago, the governor of Texas said that Houston needs to be invited. That's his opinion. Shout out to Greg Abbott. So that kind of changes things. Now, remember the last time the governor of Texas got involved with BYU to potentially the Big 12? That didn't work out very well. Baylor got in. BYU did not get in. But this time it could be up to four, so we'll see. And, and they talk about television markets. Houston, obviously, <laughs> one of the biggest television markets in the world. Number 10 but, in the country. But just because you're in that market doesn't mean that the eyeballs in that market are on you. And right now they're not. You don't think UT and Texas A&M drive college, the Houston college, yeah. market? Hey, Oklahoma, half, Oklahoma yeah. has more fans in Houston than Houston has. <laughs> and so, so, so it's not just about the market. It's about... How much draw do you have in that market? And, and BYU, hey, BYU has a draw in the Houston market, frankly. And, and in this market, even though it's not as big a television market, when BYU plays, the eyes of this market are unanimously on BYU. You go back, I remember looking at television ratings, when Utah was playing in a Sugar Bowl um, and were really, really visible, BYU games would outdraw Utah games at that time. Um, and Utah was on an unbelievable run, and they were really, really good. BYU just has a built-in fan base that no other school the Big 12 is looking at can bring with them. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation discussing BYU's hopeful inclusion in the Big 12. He feels strongly that will happen. So does Jerem Jordan. Now, Jerem, you said yesterday, my hope outweighs my expectation. Is that still the case, or are you starting to feel like it's, the logic is, is weighing he- more heavily? Big 12 and logic don't go in the same sense to me. Typically. <laughs> like, like, that hasn't been the case. Like, I don't want to knock on the hopeful future conference, right? But we, we know that if, if logic was used, it would probably be a quick process. Now, this is a possibility, right? That BYU has already been solidified as one of the candidates that will get in. And then they're figuring out other candidates. That's a possibility. It's very well. likely. Here's what's funny. We were all hearing, we didn't go on air with it, a week and a half ago, that expansion was back on the table, that BYU was being considered, and there was going to be a big announcement. But all the national but, but guys all the na- were like, but no! all the ma- And we were hearing this behind the scenes, coming out of some people we know in Oklahoma, and we were hearing some of this. And, and everybody in the national media was going, not this thing is dead. 
They're not going to do expansion. Well, I think that the ACC's announcement about grant of rights and all of these things got Texas's attention, and all of a sudden now it became not only are, are we do we think we can pass this thing through, now it's going to go through unanimously. Now everybody's on board, including Texas, and it goes through. So we're hearing behind the scenes that, that BYU is the obvious candidate. Anybody... Uh, that's out there on a national basis that's listing teams and isn't putting BYU in the top four, isn't doing their homework. Just just go look. The conference hired an impartial objective group to rate and rank all of these programs, and BYU's right at the top of that ranking of all the potential candidates. They didn't just say, hey, let's look at expansion. Yeah, you should expand. They looked at it and said, you should expand, and here's what this team combination does. Here's what this team combination does. Here's what this team individually brings in terms of value. You don't think that, that all of that objective data isn't going to point to BYU over and over and over again? And anybody that's saying that BYU is not a top four candidate, they're, they're just not objectively looking at it. Uh, here's looking at you, Joe Shad of ESPN and Ralph Russo <laughs> of the AP, who are opting for teams of like Colorado State. No, no I wonder if it's their opinion or who they're hearing, right? There's a difference. And, and the, so the other thing that you hear is a deterrent. So you hear this Sunday play thing, which I don't think is a big deal, and you guys have outlined that. You oh. hear, well, and it's just not geographically close. Really? Does, do you care if you get on a plane and fly an extra half an hour or an extra hour? It, with the travel the way it is now, and the big, the big revenue sports almost all charter now. So football and basketball teams charter. So they're just going to get on a plane. They're going to fly wherever into whatever airport. I'm telling you, there's some smaller towns that are already in the Big 12 that are harder to get to by plane because you have to get a connection if you're not chartering than it is to get to Salt Lake City, Utah, and Delta's western United States hub. They have direct flights almost everywhere. And so it's not, it's not as big a deal as people think to be geographically separated from the rest of your conference. And wouldn't the Big 12 like to get into the mountain time zone so you can schedule a BYU game that goes a little bit later? I would think the TV partners will go, oh, good. You've been three times. We can, we can schedule a bit, little bit later game and have a doubleheader now in the Big 12 if BYU's got a home game out there. So there, there are things that people talk about as deterrents that I don't think are as big a deterrent as some of those folks think. Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, said this morning, and we already talked about this, quote, geographic footprint is not as important as it was 25 years ago. He said that to Mike and Mike on ESPN. It's a two-hour and 10-minute flight, two-hour and 15-minute flight into the Dallas-Austin area for BYU. The one area that would get a little bit tricky would be for the non-revenue-generating sports, smaller sports, BYU having to travel to Morgantown, West Virginia. Or Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati. But, but guess what? They still make those trips in preseason. Do, do you want to know what? I've, you know this with my other work, well, and with my broadcasting work outside of BYU. I fly. I'm coming up on 2 million miles with Delta, right? Oh, my goodness. It's easier for me to get to Cincinnati than it is for me to get to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Or, and it costs less for me to fly to Cincinnati than it does to go to Boise. <laughs> Really? Yeah, because you're talking Flight, hub. Flights you're, are available. You're talking hub to hub. Yeah. You're talking Salt Lake City to Cincinnati is a direct flight to the tune of multiple flights a day back and forth. You know, now Morgantown's a little tougher to get to, but it just is. Period. But but there are major airports that Salt Lake City has direct flights from that are in that metropolitan, you know, in that area back there. So they have one connecting flight, but they have a connecting flight to anywhere they're going in the conference. Yeah. So it's the the cost is I go back and forth to the East Coast all the time. I go back, to, when I covered the A-10, I flew out every Friday night back to the East Coast. It's not that big of a deal. Get on the flight, you get off three and a half hours later, and you're there. So at the whole travel thing and geographic proximity, the world's a smaller place, and it's not as big a deal as people think.
Blaine, fantastic stuff, man. Always bringing the heat. We're going to win a Pac-12 South championship. <laughs> We're getting into the Big 12. <laughs> that, when, that is what today is Both all of about. those will happen uh, by the middle of September? We'll, we'll know <laughs> in football season. We'll know all of this. Oh, and, and then BYU's football program will ride the wave of that. <laughs> this all sounds great. It really does. So. <laughs> Jerem's on board. Woo! I am on board. Let's go, with man. These, with these guys. But Woo! I'm talking. And BYU's going to play a lot better than you two played golf yesterday. That's all I have to say. Okay. All right. Anyway, see ya. Okay. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what is the BYU trump card in being included in Big 12 expansion at our greenhouse? Says no payout clauses or already scheduled games. And then uh, we can start and the tweet ends. So let's finish that tweet at some point, shall we? Sure. Up next, Joan Neeson of Sports Illustrated gives us a much-needed update on 6'7", 425-pound BYU signee Mo Longy. And how about the Beehive Classic in basketball? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Put down Pokemon Go and follow us on social media, at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm talking to you specifically, Spencer. BYUSN on Snapchat as well. Are you finding uh, Pikachu in the studio? No, Spencer? no. I'm about to catch the Weedle. Uh, what does that even mean? And train him and and hope that hope that he becomes uh, something even Don't better. Don't call than Bob Bowlesby a uh, Weedle. That's not nice. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I got called a Weedle by Jamal Williams. Well, it's Jamal. He, he, the, yeah, you we got- can't control that guy. Anyway, (laughs) let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you have not heard, BYU basketball will play Utah in 2018 at Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City. This will be a part of what they're calling the Beehive Classic, announced today featuring BYU, Utah, Utah State, and Weber State. Three-year round-robin. The Cougars will play Weber State in 2017, Utah in 2018, and Utah State in 2019. Kyle Collinsworth has signed a two-year partially guaranteed deal with the Dallas Mavericks. Congrats to Kyle. Big 12 coaches prefer BYU and Houston as expansion candidates. That news according to ESPN's Brett McMurphy, who anonymously polled all of the coaches yesterday. And BYU women's soccer forward Nadia Gomes is one of 36 players on the Mac Herman Trophy watch list, which is the Heisman Trophy equivalent in women's soccer. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is Joan Neeson, renowned writer, Sports Illustrated, who just followed Mo Longy in his mission in the Phoenix area. And if you're not aware of who Mo is, 6'7", 425-pound BYU football recruit who took signing day by storm about a year and nine months ago. Joan, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So what spawned this idea to do a story on big Motikiai Taukolo Langi? Well, um, in the story, it talks about with the, the video that sort of went viral of him running the 40 back in, the, I want to say, late winter. Um, it was got out there on social media, and my former editor, who has since um, moved on from Sports Illustrated, but he watched that video and thought to himself, well, this would be just an amazing story. I independently had the same thought process, and we figured, you know, we didn't really know the protocol for if it, I would be allowed to hang out with him on his mission or anything, but we figured, <laughs> you know, might as well look into it. What we know how big he is, like six, seven, four, twenty-five. But describe to us how big he is. So 
my perspective is probably a little skewed because I am tiny. Um, I'm like five foot five, and I'm not a big person, and so I think everyone is bigger than they are. But he <laughs> is, I would say, probably the largest human being I've ever been in a room with. Um, he, it's interesting because you know you hear 425 pounds, and you, you kind of, you know, I think your first inclination is to think obese or huge, and he's actually very, very solid. Um, you. You probably wouldn't guess he weighed 425 pounds necessarily. At least in my mind, that's not what 425 pounds looks like. However, it's just, you know, you're in a room and it's, he makes the whole room seem out of scale. Like, I, I think there's a photo of him sitting on a couch, and the couch looks too small for him. And, you know, he, was, he had to drive in a, they had to give him and his mission companion an SUV because he doesn't fit in, like, the standard, you know, fuel-efficient cars that most of those guys who are on their mission, he had access to a car use. It's just, everything is too small for him. Joan Neeson of Sports Illustrated with us on BYU Sports Nation talking about Mo Longy and the time she spent with him on his mission in Phoenix, Arizona. What did you learn about uh, his persona and characteristics that he has as a personality? Well, I think the biggest thing that kind of stands out about him is, you know, you hear the term gentle giant, and I know that's kind of a cliche, but it's exactly what he is. He's, you know, he's pretty soft-spoken, very, you know, He's very thoughtful. He's one of those guys, if you ask him a question, and he doesn't just immediately start, you know, rattling off an answer. He'll, he'll sit there and think about it and really give you kind of a very, you know, big picture kind of answer to a lot of things. And just, he's, he's also very self-deprecating. Um, I, I say this in the story. He, you know, he doesn't really like talking about football very much because football is incredibly unfamiliar to him. But if you get him going about it, what he kept saying to me was, yeah, I think he just needed a really big water boy. He needed a really big water boy. And I said, you know, do you think he'll be playing on the offensive line or the defensive line? And he was like, oh, the sideline. I'll be on the sideline. <laughs> and just very, you know, he, he's good at kind of making fun of himself in, in a pleasant way. A lot of uh, national media don't know what goes into a mission. Both of uh, Spencer and I went on a mission, um, and a lot of our audience knows. But it's always somewhat frustrating when uh, certain opposing coaches say, "Oh yeah, it's an advantage." Well, yes, by age, but he doesn't, you know, get to. He doesn't just sit there and exercise all day. Can you describe maybe what you learned about an LDS mission as it relates to athletics? Yeah, and I actually was very surprised when I was talking to some of the BYU coaches and people were saying, yeah, I mean, opposing coaches think it's an advantage. From my perspective, knowing, you know, very little about it going into it, I would have assumed it was a disadvantage the way that I think they, you know, BYU people paint the picture. And so I was surprised that that was kind of the overriding perspective from most people outside of BYU and outside of the LDS church, because that's not the perspective that I had. Um you know, I, I knew very little about it going in. I, I In high school, a girl that I know dated a guy who went on a mission, um, and he, he went to BYU eventually. And so I kind of knew a little bit from that experience of hearing secondhand. But what was interesting to me was just, you know, how scheduled these guys are and how, like you said, they're not working out all day. They're barely working out at all. They are, you know, up at, they got up at 5.30, Mo and his companion, just so they could get some extra workout time in. But waking up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning and working until, you know, 10 at night and, it's just I can see how exhausting it is and how you really have to give your whole life over to it. And, you know, I went in thinking, you know, how much do these guys think about football and blah, 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 blah. And I realized, you know, there really isn't that much time to think about football at all. Joan Neeson, Sports Illustrated staff writer with us on BYU Sports Nation. Follower on the Twitter machine, at Joan Neeson. Mo Longy is such a fascinating story because not many people have had the chance to meet him. They have only seen him You're the in, only media member to talk to him, by the way. No one else, I don't think anyone else. We've never was, talked to him. 
Yeah, I think I got the sense that he had not done any media yet at all. <laughs> now, from what you could gather about his own personal expectations of, of what he is, is hoping for <clears throat> when he gets to BYU, excuse me, what, what, does he, what is he hoping happens once he starts uh, school and playing football at BYU? You know, that's a great question, and I'm not sure he really knows what he hopes is going to happen. I asked him the same thing, and for him, I think at this point, he looks at this as a way to get a good education, um, a new opportunity. I mean, he was very athletic in high school playing rugby and basketball, so I think he, you know, he thinks that he has a physical skill set, um, but he's never even watched a football game on TV. So I don't think he has any conception of what he wants to get out of it other than a good education, and I think he would like to be successful. He's a kid who I think he had, you know, close to a 4.0 grade point average in high school. He's a smart kid. I think he's the kind of person who, you know, does everything he does well. And I think he'd like football to kind of fall into that category as well. And I assume, you know, he has his cousin Harvey plays for BYU, and they were they would visit each other a lot when they were younger, I think less in recent years. But just that family having, you know, a football connection and being a football family, I think he does have an idea that, you know, this is just such a great opportunity, and this is not an opportunity that you should squander. And, you know, if you get that scholarship offer, take it on the spot, which he did. I think he understands sort of what kind of doors this will open to him. Joan, you're becoming a regular on the show. Uh, we look forward <laughs> to the next BYU story that yeah. you write. Taysom Hill, Liz Frank, <laughs> Mo Longy, what's next? <laughs> Nothing so far, but it was, it was nice to kind of – it was funny how that worked out. We were brainstorming ideas, and it was like, oh, I can, you know – I'll do two trips for this story, but one trip I'll get some Mo and some, you know, Taysom and List Frank. So it, it was a fun couple weeks. Hey, just for fun, Joan, should BYU be invited to the Big 12? <laughs> it's interesting. I, uh, I mean, in terms of the list of schools, I think it, I feel like BYU is always on the list when, when these conversations happen. And I mean, having, you know, the reporting that I've seen the past few days with BYU and Houston kind of being the, the names that people seem to like the most within the Big 12. I mean, to me, those are the names on the list that I think, you know, the conference would benefit the most from. I'm actually working on a story right now about the formation of the Big 12 20 years ago. It's the 20th anniversary. And so this is all very fascinating for me to watch now, having just kind of dived into that world 20 years ago, and now it's, you know, happening all over again. And BYU's name came up back in 1994, um, I think, in the very preliminary stages of the Big 8 Southwest Conference merger. So it's interesting to see it there again. Well, what do you know? You tell me the Big 12 wouldn't want Mo Longy in that conference? Come on. <laughs> if only. It's too bad he couldn't go against uh, what, um, the, oh, it's named the me, the giant Baylor um, the tight offensive end. lineman who scored the yeah. touchdown. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. 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 His <laughs> name is escaping me right now, but that would have been a fun matchup. A uh, friend of mine, David Ubbin, who works for uh, various places um, and covers college football, brought that up to me on Twitter yesterday when I tweeted the story, and I was like, oh, God, that is a downside <laughs> of this uh, realignment happening now. <laughs> Joan, we, we appreciate the time and uh, look forward to uh, your next uh, line of work in Sports Illustrated. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Joan Neeson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Malangi, man. It's going to be a three-ring circus when he gets here. Which, by the way, she mentioned in the article, he won't be in time for spring semester or uh, winter semester, January. He'll be here sometime next year, probably around this time, summer semester, June. <sighs> Is Malangi the next... Ziggy Ansa type is I know that it's not like different that is, athleticism. Yes, but is it the next feel good story that way? Yeah, Paul Asike was the next Jeopardy. That's right, he was. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, which soccer star in Provo is on the Heisman Trophy equivalent list? 
Sports Nation continues, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you happen to miss this episode or any episode of BYU Sports Nation live, you can watch the rebroadcast starting at 6 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Hey, listen to the BYU radio app. You can watch on the BYU TV app. BYU Sports Nation is on demand anytime, everywhere. Our Twitter question today. What is the BYU trump card in being included in Big 12 expansion? At Ray underscore TW says, BYU is already recognized as a Power 5 school by most Power 5 conferences. Remind me, Jerem, are any other group of five schools considered a Power 5 equivalent? No, because they're in the group of five. <laughs> it's uh, Will logic prevail? Will logic prevail? Will logic prevail? That's the hope, you know? It doesn't always. And in this auction-style Big 12 expansion exploration, which is the mouthful, it seems a little weird, right? It wouldn't just be like, we'll figure it out. It's like, send us your gift baskets and proposals and we'll negotiate. Which is, is, I mean, the supply is high for them. The demand is high. Let's use some logic and play big deal, no deal. Big deal. If that's possible. Brought to you by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States for over 65 years. Brady Industries, clean solutions, a tradition for generations. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Big 12 coaches want BYU in. Big deal. They don't vote, but it gives you an idea of what the perception is at those individual schools. BYU received five votes out of the 12. Now, it, this was for the top candidate. This wasn't for two to four teams. This was the number one. It was BYU now, and Houston. Now, wait. Five votes out of the 12 or five votes out of the 10? Sorry, out of the 10. Because, so half. Because it would make sense that you'd have 12 teams if your conference says Big 12. Correct. Sense. B, yeah, 10. 50% voted, yep, BYU should be in. Or maybe it was 4-4 four, four with Houston. I can't remember. <sighs> Regardless, they're one of the favorites to be included. I think this is a very big deal because any momentum that BYU can get built behind it, whether it be coming from coaches or media members or politicians or whoever, it all starts to weigh on the Big 12. And maybe it's already weighed so heavily that the Cougars are being considered as in right now. Are they number 11? Are they ele- the 11th team? That possibility also exists. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Texas Governor Greg Abbott tweets this morning, Big 12 expansion is a non-starter, unless it includes the University of Houston. Oh. This is a big deal because the last time this happened, BYU was left out. Ann Richards in the 90s, the Big 8 expanded to 12. BYU was left out, although they possibly were going to be included in that. They were not. So in the – well, I'm going to change my answer. It's not a big deal. I'm going to say no deal because this time they're not they're – not, they're adding – a uh, group of five-ish teams, right, that are outside of the state of Texas with the exception of Houston. So there's a chance, even if Houston gets in, the BYU also gets in. This is a big deal just because it's the governor of Texas. This the is governor. a person with a lot of political clout. And this was a calculated move and a calculated tweet, knowing that 20 years ago something like this had an impact. Obviously, Greg Abbott wants Houston in the Big 12. So I think this is a big deal that he feels like he needs to use his political stance to lobby for a school. Yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU will play three other Utah schools in a three-year round-robin tourney in uh, Salt Lake City? Uh, no deal. BYU is already playing these schools every year. And, in fact, a home game 
And a road game is better than a neutral game. I think it's kind of fun. I don't think it's a big deal, though. BYU-Utah will play a neutral side game. BYU was already playing some neutrals with Utah State, uh, Weber State as well. So it takes away some fun home games potentially in the future. That's, that's my knock on it. I say this is no deal. It would be a big deal to me if all of these teams played each other in a tournament-style format. That would be awesome. Now, Never, if, if I don't it, think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, if it were a two-day tournament where, like, okay, we're going to match up, the winners will play each other, and the losers will play each other, I think that would be like for state champ. way more fun. That yes, would be fun. A yes. two-day two tournament. This is, this is a nice start. BYU-Utah neutral? It's in Salt Lake. That's not neutral. Take it to the next step, and then I will think it's a big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Kyle Collinsworth signs a two-year, partially guaranteed contract with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm going to go no deal. The big deal is that Kyle Collinsworth is getting like six figures Wait, or something, possibly. Wait, how can possibly. you say no deal? Because he still has to make the team. Partial guarantee. It is the, the guarantee is the money. The partial is uh, you might not make the team. We can cut you, and we just pay you that, right? I think he's uh, overachieving with this, by the way. I, I didn't see him as an NBA player. I hope that Kyle Collinsworth makes the 15-man roster, but he still needs to do that to ensure a spot. But he's getting see, paid. That's the big deal. I do see Kyle Collinsworth as an NBA player because the Dallas Mavericks have invested money in him. They think that he has the potential to play in the NBA. So I There's do see There's many guys him. that get an investment that don't play. Are, we don't know the particulars, other than we know that Kyle's going to get paid. And I am assuming awesome for him. that most most guys that get a two-year partially guaranteed contract aren't getting the numbers that Kyle is getting. And I'm citing a behind-the-scenes source that I believe in a lot yeah. with that. The most important okay? thing here is, is he going to be on the Mavs or not, right? I think Kyle Collinsworth will be an Pers- NBA player. Personally, it's cool that he gets paid. Why can't, he be, gr- why he, can't he be Grievous Vasquez? And guess what? Ben Simmons can't shoot from outside either. Why can't Kyle Collinsworth? Do not compare Kyle Collinsworth to Ben Simmons, dude. Do I'm not, not saying that, that he is Ben Simmons, but yeah. what I'm saying is Ben Simmons can't shoot. So the knock that, well, he can't shoot from the outside. So there are a lot of guys that can't shoot from the outside that still have a spot in the NBA. If you're yeah. versatile if you're and six, you can do ten. a lot of things. <laughs> Kyle Collins with a 6'6 and athletic. Why are we taking that away from him? I think this is a big deal because he's living a dream and a ton of people said he wouldn't even get a serious look in the NBA. Well, how do you like him now? Number five. Big deal, no deal. Nerd alert. Star Trek Beyond comes out tomorrow. I'm not sure this uh, – I go no deal because J.J. Abrams didn't direct it. J.J. <laughs> did the first two, and they were really good. The, one of the dudes that did one of the Fast and the Furiouses, Fur- Furious Eye, did Star Trek Beyond. I, I'm not feeling it with this one, and I, and I enjoyed those movies. Yeah, I say no deal. I, it took me a long time. I mean, I loved the J.J. Abrams movies once I watched them, but because, I'm with you. Because he's not doing it, I, I trust in J.J. Abrams. I say no, de- we trust. no deal on this. He was awesome with the Star Wars movie, too. Man. Fast and Furious. Fast little, and Furious? Little Furi-i? did you know that the plural of Furious is Furious. There are seven, right? <laughs> Yeah. So what's They're the coming number? Out with eight. Like, there's eight a trilogy. There's a trilogy. What's the number? What's the word for seven? We're in sports broadcasting, dude. Quintilogy. The the quintilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us. The Cougar Whip Round hits next. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem, what do we do? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
men's basketball. BYU will play Utah in 2018 at Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City. This will be a part of the Beehive Classic announced today featuring BYU, Utah, Utah State, and Weber State. The Cougars played Weber State in 2017, Utah is mentioned in 2018, and Utah State in 2019. Cougars in the association. Oh, it's great to have that sounder back. Kyle Collinsworth signed a two-year partially guaranteed deal with the Dallas Mavericks. He gonna get paid. Athletics. Big 12 coaches prefer BYU and Houston as expansion candidates, according to ESPN's Brett McMurphy, who anonymously polled all twelve, uh, all 10 coaches yesterday. Excuse me. I think I've been saying 10 all day, 12 all day. It's because it's the Big 12. Yeah, exactly. SB Nation's Jason Kirk, no relation to uh, Captain Kirk, released an article entitled, So the Big 12's expansion list is BYU and then whoever else, right? Soccer. Forward Nadia Gomes, one of 36 players on the Mac Herman Trophy watch list, which is the Heisman Trophy equivalent for women's soccer. Baseball. Pitcher Kenny Signs transfers to BYU from Oklahoma. He finished with the 3.46 ERA with the Sooners last year and will sit out next season with two years to play, rolling down the plane. He wants to win a Big 12 championship. Cougars in the minors. Jacob <laughs> Brugman went one for four last night with an RBI for the Nashville Sunday. Sounds. Brugman has a 291 batting average. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays is currently tied for 23rd, shooting one under through 14 in the RBC Canadian Open. Ah. Along with him, Zach Blair is tied for, that's a Canadian goose, is tied for 11th with two under through 14. And Mike Weir back in action. <laughs> Finished the round, avoiding turkeys, and is tied for 87th at six over. Spencer, Let's go back to you on hole 12. Hey, Jerem, when are you buying the Fast and the Furious Septology? Yeah, we, we've looked at... So there's hep, uh, Heptology uh-huh. and there's Septology. I'm seeing both work for seven. What is it? It's got... I'm going with Septology. Also, by the way, uh, Brett McMurphy's uh, poll of the 10 Big 12 coaches, is it was the top two candidates for both. So 20 votes. BYU received five, which is tied for the most with Houston. Interesting. Five first place votes? I don't know first or mm. second, just five votes. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. And you need it most, DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Kyle Collinsworth. NBA dream lives on. Our elite tweet of the day answering this question. What is the BYU trump card for being included in Big 12 expansion? At Kugbaka says, BYU's trump card is Tom Holmo. I can't think of a better guy to market what BYU can do for the Big 12. Let's get it done. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, Joe Neeson, and everyone on our crew. Jordan Leslie, Atlanta Falcons receiver, will be a future guest. Download the podcast for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Eric Lane.